0: and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. So uh, today, this is going to be one that I can talk pretty much side by side, but from a different perspective on um, because we're talking about weight and mental health. Uh, Some of you will know that I've had my own struggles with this, yeah, I'll try that again in English. I've had my own struggles with that in the past as well. And uh, those of you following along will know that that's not edited out. That's going to stay in there. So that's a little um, thing for you guys. But I have had my struggles. I'm here with Mike, better known as Wrecked Wizards Online. Um, who's had similar struggles, and I, I mean, I still have them now, so we talk about mental health and uh, weight, weight loss, and just struggling with weight in general, and how how we look and how we feel about things, so how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, how are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, do- we're doing okay, we're on very different um, timescales, although we're not too late for me today, usually when me and um, me and Rex, I will call him Rex for pretty much all of this, obviously I've introduced him as Mike, but Me and and Rex met through Twitch, and that's what he is to me. He is Rex. Um, But usually when we chat, it is very early in the morning to me, and I see the sun come up. So this is actually a normal time for me and and Rex to be chatting. Um, But as I say, both of us have had our issues with um, weight and kind of body image, body composition. Um, Obviously, I had my big kind of change about a decade ago now, which is... Making me feel older and older as the day goes on that i like my late twenties was a decade ago is is just mind boggling to me um right. <laughs> but um but yeah i I'm, I'm if I remember to do it, there will be a picture above us now guys um of how me and wreck both used to look um so this is kind of the pictures of what we did used to look like um I always refer to myself as previously looking like a Mr man. Um, I think that's kind of the best way of describing it, really. Um, not even round, just triangular, weird shapes. Um, but I think that the worst thing is that so much now, when we talk about weight loss and we talk about how you're, you, know, you look and, you know, all things like that, you get about 50 different opinions in one and all of them are pretending they're yours. And you're like, but like, this is how I feel. Like it's got yeah. nothing to do with you. Like you'll get people from one side going, "Oh, you're you're fat, you got to do this," and you then you get the other side, of the po- the body positivity, which hey, body positivity is great, but like you're just as toxic to someone who feels like a piece of shit in their own body as the guy's telling you you're fat, piece of shit. At least for me, I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me personally, dude, like, look, if you if you're proud of your body and you love it. That that's great, but at the end of the day, I I I hate to sound blunt here or harsh, but you know, being a guy that was 400 pounds um, la- last December, so it wasn't even that long ago. Uh, you know, you could love yourself all you want, but at the end of the day, bro, when you're 400 pounds, you're not healthy, and you know, the, you know, it's just when when you're my size, you know, like sleep apnea, diabetes, uh, you know, like can barely, you know, struggle to tie your shoes, you know, um, I was on a on a path of, of not maybe making it to 40 years old at the rate I was going, and I was gaining weight exponentially year after year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's okay to be proud of yourself, but you also, I feel like, need to be, like, self-aware of, like, what's going on in your body and, like, is this the best thing for me? Is it healthy? Am I going to live a long, healthy life? Or am I killing myself? And that was kind of where me personally, where I was at. um, Because it it had gotten rough, dude. Like, uh, I struggled keeping up at my job. I work in construction. Um, I was getting so big that, you know, day after day, uh, we'd work a 10 or 12 hour shift. And my body would be killing me every day. My knees, my back, my hips, my bottom of my feet would feel like they're on fire every day. Just from being so heavy, the diabetes um and it had gotten so bad and then you know my daughter's two years old and uh i i'm gonna be kind of i don't know if this is kind of dark but like i got scared of dying yeah recently after i hit 30 years old i was thinking like i'm not guaranteed to make it to 80 90 or 100 years old at this rate and like it it scared me plus i smoked cigarettes you know like it's like a chimney so like I love my daughter more than anything. And I would look at her and I'd be like, wow, dude, like you're going to die and you're not going to be here with her. And then, and I know that might sound dark, but that is kind of the reality I was facing.
0: But that's part of the thing on mental health as well. Like we say, like if those are the, the thoughts that are coming through, then that's kind of that's me having to deal with it in a different way. I will say you can be 400 pound and be healthy. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of sumo wrestlers, who everyone think are on health. Some of the fittest people you ever meet. Like their their diet, their training plans, they're incredibly healthy. There are you can be healthy and big. You it can be possible, but right. it's dependent on the person. And like you say, for you, you had a lot of other concerns. I mean, we had a yeah. person who was a um, for for diabetes talk recently, and there is a lot of other stuff around diabetes, not just weight. But of course, if you have that predisposition, it's going to be a problem for you. So for me, it was cholesterol. I was 25, 26, and I had the doctor going, you have high cholesterol. I'm like, I, I have fucking what? I'm, yeah. I'm 25 years old. Do you mean I have high cholesterol? What the fuck are you on about? And like, I was just, it was just crazy. And then you have people like, the thing that got me, the thing that, the, I think the thing that finally made me go, okay, what was a complete fucking stranger, complete stranger. Just literally come up to me in the street and just going "fuck you're fat." I was like, "oh fuck, <laughs> fuck man." Like, I it just I was like, I I think it was when I, I started to like because I I I knew I was big. I knew I was big. Like, I'm I'm a, I'm a like I'm a broads and tall. I'm a big guy. I'm six two. I've got broad shoulders. I'm a big guy anyway. Like even right. even at my absolute smallest, I was a big guy because it's just my frame. But I was. I'd never really... I don't think I'd really realised because, you know, I i had girlfriends. I'd had, you know... I'd, I'd not really realised the fact that... No, like, what the fuck are you doing to yourself? Like, you've got high cholesterol. You're you're finding it difficult to run down the fucking stairs. Like, what, you, what the hell? Um, yeah. And it wasn't until that one person said that. Now, I'm going to preface this, anyone watching. Don't fucking do that. Like, that guy was a piece of shit to do that. But it was the thing that made me go fuck okay wait a minute um and it was a big hit and I think you know you have those feelings about like am I gonna die early like you when you just turned 30 and I was 25 so simple, you know five years apart at that at that stage and it was just like to be that age to be between 25 and 30 and be thinking yeah I'm gonna like I I'm, I'm, I might die before I hit 40 or, or something And you're like what like that's not I shouldn't be thinking that. And it's right. I think you start. I, I don't know about you, but I started to also like I have body body um, image issues now. I will always probably have them for the rest of my fucking life. I had body image issues when I was um, underweight because I did get to a point where I became underweight. So there was an issue the other way. Um, but I had issues then thinking I was still overweight. So I've always got to have that. But right. I, I still it made me kind of going almost into depression because like that you can't you, i couldn't escape it like every time how many times a day do you pass by even if you don't pass by a mirror pass by a fucking car and they're the worst things by the way a car, a car window yeah. is a fucking nightmare because a car window is not a true representation of what you look like it it bows out so you are always bigger whenever you go to a car like if you, yeah. see you the car window you will guarantee you will look fatter than you are in a car window Anyone out there thinking, oh, I look around? No, you don't. No, you don't. It's literally making you look bigger, guaranteed. But of course, you pass that every day. And when you've got that image already, you start to beat yourself up more. And I don't know about you, but that's how I definitely felt. And i still to a point feel that now.
1: Yeah, I I, I would definitely feel like that. Um, It it got really bad, uh, you know, last year when the clothes that I already thought were big stopped fitting. They were getting too tight. Like I would put on a three X shirt and my stomach was hanging out the bottom and it was skin tight and I was buying four and five X's and, you know, uh, my wife is like my best friend. And so, uh, I want to look good for her because it makes me feel good to look good for her. I don't know if that sounds dumb, but like, it just does. Like, I want to look sexy for my wife, you know, just (laughs) like she, she wants to look good for me, you know, even after all these years and, uh, you know, I want to be there for my kid. And I would look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, wow, you're just, what the fuck are you doing, man? You are fat. Like you're, you're struggling at your job. You're going to fucking kill yourself. You smoke, you, none of your clothes fit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Is food that important? Like, is that really what matters? And it just, I signed up for uh, my hospital's bariatric program last December and uh it was a life changer um i'm still on a long journey ahead but you know when i started the program last december basically i had an orientation with like 20 or 30 other people on a big like zoom call or microsoft teams whatever it was with a surgeon a dietitian and everybody who would be doing it they explained the program then they gave you your one-on-one consultation with your surgeon He would explain the program in further detail how much weight he wants you to lose before they will do the surgery, because they want you to lose weight on your own first to see if you can even do that and follow a plan, Um, because bariatric surgery, whether you get the, the sleeve or you get gastric bypass, whatever it is, it's not this magic surgery that fixes everything. It's a tool that will help you get where you want to be, and so I went through the program, um, I had to go to, uh, psychiatric appointments. Uh, they had to make sure that I was mentally stable to go through the surgery. They had to explain all of these things to me that like were crazy, dude. Like, did you know that people that have bariatric surgery are over 85% more likely to get divorced? Like, like this, the psychiatrist was, or whatever was explaining all of this to me that she's like, I want you to be aware of everything that's going to change. And she's like, your partner, cause I asked, why is that the case? It says because your partner, when you lose all this weight, is going to be meeting you for the first time skinny and people's and, and it, you see it day in and day out where people's whole attitude changes. They're more confident. They're feeling themselves. Their partner feels less confident. I
0: um, a twat. I, 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 like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, just to come in there in my 20s, and those of you that know me from my 20s, I apologize. You had to know me at that point. I was a complete twat when I lost weight. I was a complete and utter cunt. Because I can talk and I'm relatively charismatic. I'm, I may have now have a comment guy. No, you're fucking not. But yeah, I'm re- you know relatively okay with that. But then suddenly I was a you know three hundred something um, pound guy in uh, like um, a one uh, a one seventy body. And it was just like all of that came with me. And suddenly like the confidence and yeah, I can completely get where that's coming from because suddenly your confidence comes up and other people see their confidence and then you get attention that you didn't get before because, and you've just become a dick. Like that's not the same as for everyone. Obviously it's not the same for everyone. I think you have to have that dick brain, which clearly I fucking did. But like, I have to say me losing weight in my twenties, was both the best and worst thing I ever did. Right. The best thing because I was just on a fucking precipice, but also is the worst because I think weight had made me nicer. Genuinely think that part of my, me being a nicer person comes because I was a bigger, bigger person. I kind of needed to be. And like, there was that, there was that absolute, you know, there's so many people that talk about this. Like, in your 20s are the years when you're a complete arsehole. Like, so many people go through this. I am no different at all. Um, it's why I'm very clear with, um, with with people I know that, like, hey, as far as I'm concerned, everyone's an arsehole. It's just whether we, we match the same kind of arsehole. You know, I went right. through those years where I was a despicable shit. Um, and for that reason, it was also part of the worst, worst of things that I did. Because yeah. I think I went down a shitty path because I – I had to, I went from being, yeah, to being a complete arsehole to, oh my God, I'm a fucking arsehole. And then like, as I went into my thirties now, like, no, when I was going to my late twenties into my, into like 28, 29, then to 30, I'm like, okay. And I like, I then managed to become a better person again for like 29, 30. But I went through like a few years where I was just like, what the hell? like my mental health kind of went all over the place because of the fact that I was trying to save myself from other mental health so that makes complete sense so I'll cut you off there but I was like that just fits so well, as well yeah
1: I mean it scared me when she said that like I was really like yeah because I I wanted to lose the weight to be happy again yeah ultimately and just this idea of losing this weight could have a negative effect in that way, like scared me. I'm like, I I don't, because dude, I haven't, I haven't weighed 220 pounds since I was 18 years old. So it's been like 11 or 12 years. Right. So, um, when I was in high school, I would like to think I was the same guy I am now. I was, I've, I've not ever been like a mean person or like an asshole or cocky or arrogant, you know, or anything like that. And, but, I've been big for so long and I've been depressed and sad for so long that when I finally feel good about myself after all these years, I don't know how I'm going to be. And I'm not saying like in a way of like, oh, you know, I'm skinny now, I'm sexy, I'm going to go cheat on my wife. Not like that. I just don't want to have this shitty personality that comes out that's a turnoff for my wife to where she's like, who are you? You know, like this is not the Mikey that I married because I still want to be that nice, fun. I still want to be me. I just want to be healthy and look good and feel good about myself. Yeah. And that's that's all that's important to me. So, you know, the, the program, it went really well. Uh, I actually was, uh, I got down to 338 pounds on my own by the day of the surgery. So I was below the goal weight that they wanted. They wanted me at 350 before they would schedule the surgery. I got down to 338. Uh, I am currently, as of today, 290 pounds, um, since last December. So I've lost almost 100 pounds. I'm down 90 pounds right now. Um, and uh, like I said earlier, I have, I have quit smoking, but, uh, I'm kind of glad we're doing this because I've, I've literally told my parents this, my wife, everybody I know. For me personally, this has been more of a mental thing than a physical thing, 100%. And I struggle every day day with cravings it it is absolutely insane because it's all around me all the time it's it's hard dude like like i can't and it's not that like it's not like a normal person who hasn't had the surgery and they you know they're on a diet and they just oh you know can have a cheat day no dude if i eat this food it will physically make me sick and i hate feeling sick so i know oh my god that slice of pizza looks amazing but if i take one fucking bite I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to feel like shit. They have something called, uh, uh, um, oh, my God, something dumping, uh, uh, dumping syndrome. That's what it's called. So when you have this surgery, if you eat food that's bad for you or high in sugar or uh, a, a rule that, that they have is we're not allowed to drink any liquids 30 minutes before or 30 minutes after our meals. Because that can also cause dumping syndrome, where basically my stomach right now, I had the gastric sleeve surgery, not the bypass, but my stomach looks like a banana. They removed 70 to 80% of my stomach. So it goes esophagus, then the banana stomach, long and thin, and then right into my intestines. And if you drink liquids or eat too much sugar, what's going to happen is your stomach will dump all of that into your intestines so fast that your body doesn't have a time to digest it and you get abdominal pain, cramps, uh, bloating, vomiting, diarrhea, sick as fuck, the sweats, everything. Like it's So it's not just like, oh man, it's alright, have one cookie. No, because I will yeah. physically get fucking sick if I do it.
0: I have to say on the other side of it, so anyone who doesn't know, obviously um, uh, Rect had surgery for it. I didn't, um, but I lost a significant amount of weight in a very like, really quickly. So I lost, um, what was it? It had been, uh, oh, fucking hell. Um, I lost 84 pounds in four months. um, Oh, wow. From from just dieting. I didn't even do exercise, apart from walking around. Um, But the biggest one I had was kind of in that realm of, I would have, like, um, I would just have a day. And I I convinced myself that I wasn't doing it. Um, But I would just have a day where I fucking ate everything everything in fucking sight i didn't i didn't like throw up or anything i didn't get um didn't get into that but i just literally i'd have a day and be like right as of tomorrow i'm back on my normal diet and i'll be back on like a few hundred not you know i'd be in stews and stuff again but like i'd have a day when i just ate like shit um really? and i didn't even know i was doing it until i think my because my, my partner at the time um was um doing so many weeks on so many weeks off she was a nurse She was a nursing student um, and she'd come home and just found the kitchen just fucking covered in wrappers. Like, just like I'd I, I, I binged like fucking 10,000 calories or something stupid. Like, the, the kind of stupid shit they do on YouTube now is a challenge. And I was there, like, that's fucking lunch now. Like, right. she'd come back to her and be like, and she didn't tell me until after I lost all the weight. And she was like, yeah, I, I found it. I was like, fuck. I didn't, I didn't even, like, I didn't even know I was doing that. But, but obviously, mm-hmm. there was, like you said, the cravings, your body, because you've been used to being a big guy for so long, you, you're, your mind's still going, Yeah, but this is this is what it always Like of course Yeah. I don't have like I was eat I realised what I was doing at one point, like just before I went on, on the diet, I was there making making a meal and whilst the meal was cooking in the oven, I was making like a no baked cheesecake and fucking eating the cheesecake whilst I was waiting. Yeah.
1: You snack snacking, waiting for your dinner. <laughs> I
0: was making a fucking cheesecake. I was making a fucking cheesecake, <laughs> like a no-bake cheesecake. Like,
1: oh, dude, I've done shit like that.
0: 100, 200, 2,000 calories by itself. I was eating that whilst I was waiting for my meal. And not even really realizing it, because I was like, yeah, but, but I haven't had my meal yet. And then I'd only really, in my head, I'd only think about the meal. I'd be like, right. well, why am I losing weight? Like, that would be my thinking. And it wasn't until I, like, really, because I went, I remember, because I lost, um, I lost 14 pounds in the first two weeks. Right. And um, my girlfriend at the time literally came back from um, being on and off work. Cause she went away and literally stayed at the hospitals. She came back after three weeks and she saw like this was at night. She saw my silhouette and just did not who, know who I was, because I just right. even then I just looked so fucking. She's like, what the hell? Like so yeah. many people actually thought I was ill. There were people that thought I was genuinely ill. I had someone who thought I was my own brother because they're like, there's no fucking way you're the same person. Um, and it was, it was a really weird time. Like it was a really weird time for so many different reasons because it, that messes with your head anyway, like the cravings mess with your head. The fact oh,
1: 100%. That, yeah.
0: The, the the fact that people, like you say, start to view you differently, the people that you're with start to view you differently. You start to then, at least for me, like this isn't for everyone, you start to be a bit more like maybe there's, there's, there's cuntish issues that come out in you that you haven't dealt with yet. Um, like that took me at least two years to deal with my my issues that I clearly had not fucking dealt with, um, right. and just so much other stuff that just comes up when people don't want to bring up your weight loss around you because they think there's something wrong, or just so many things. And you're there, kind of going, "Shit, I did this to feel better. What the fuck am I? What what the hell now, man?" Like, yeah, it's, it's a really weird process. Um, well, like
1: like for me, uh, I I have been very open and transparent about my surgery and about my weight loss. So like, it's all over my personal Facebook. Everybody knows I had the surgery. Everybody knows I've been trying to lose weight for over a year now. Um, yeah, dude. And another crazy thing for me that really fucks with my brain is I'm used to eating a certain amount of food. Uh, and when I sit down and, and I, because this whole first year, my doctor said, you're going to be learning your body like all over again. And and so like I'll sit down and last night for dinner, for example, I had a crustless quiche. Okay, so it's it was there was no basically basically <laughs> yeah it was basically eggs, meat and cheese in a okay. little little thing and I put it in, in in the air fryer and dude no joke it was probably that big it was tiny 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 yeah. and I ate it and I was fucking sick full. Yeah. Like, and it's weird because in my head, I'm like, because I'm learning everything, I'm learning my body and how it feels Um, in my head. I'm like, there's no way you're fucking full. That's all you ate was this little tiny fucking piece of egg. How are you full? But then I feel it coming up like acid reflux. You know, if I eat too much, you feel it, dude. Like it's it's terrible. So it, it's learning that it's learning the self-control it's learning to pace yourself. I'm at a point in my diet because when I first had the surgery, which was on July 7th, you're on an all-liquids diet, clear liquids for the first uh, week. Then after that, then you move into you know other liquids, some yogurt, stuff like that, and protein shakes, been living on these protein shakes. Um, phase three, you start implementing uh, like steamed or, or poached fish or egg, scrambled eggs, like cottage cheese things like that skinless fruit everything vegetables and fruit have to be skinless because for whatever reason the skin can block your little passageway you know into your intestines or some shit uh so i have to you know but now i'm moving into phase four and phase four is basically getting back to slowly start implementing solids back into my diet um and eating regular again they still they've because of health reasons they you know they don't want you to gain the weight back because you could stretch your stomach back out eventually
0: it's the weirdest thing about it isn't it that you can like you get 70 80 i think john prescott like a a politician over here had the same thing and became big again because it's just stretched out again
1: well have you have you ever watched that show i know they do it in the uk but uh here in the states master chef with gordon Ramsay, right
0: I'll mean, um, Show, you
1: stole it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But the version over here, uh, one of the judges that was on the earlier uh, seasons, Graham Elliot, uh, the young Michelin star chef, he was like in his late twenties, early thirties. He's like my he's like my age, mm-hmm. and he had gotten the gastric sleeve, same surgery as me. Yeah. And I noticed from season four, when he was four hundred pounds, just like me, to season five, he became extremely skinny in a year
0: it's really At, We actually have uh greg wallace from masterchef in the uk like the original masterchef has yeah. just has from the original from the original thing from the uh when it came back to now done the same thing he's gone from big to smaller he even had something on twitter earlier about like i am 57 now and i have the body of an athlete like it's it is weird and it's maybe similar he, with the masterchef <laughs> he,
1: he looked he looked fantastic and i read his story on it and not gonna lie, like I love that show. I'm a huge Gordon Ramsay fan. I don't know, I just love the guy like i I love that he could be a total asshole, but then he could be the sweetest guy on the on the planet too, you love like it.
2: You love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're
1: yeah, I know it, it, that's exactly why um but but I read Graham's story and the you know because originally when I went in uh in December and started the program and I spoke to my surgeon, we were gonna do the full gastric bypass, yeah, um which awesome, yeah. yeah, and when I came in two days before my surgery for the, the pre appointment. So where we can go over everything I'd never had surgery before. So he was going to go over how it was going to go, what was going to happen. And he's like, so I'm looking at your chart and I, and I've, you've lost more than the goal weight. You're doing really well on your own. Do you think you really need the full bypass or do you think you could go with the sleeve instead? And I said, well, tell me what the primary differences are again, because it's been a year where I've had it in my head that I'm going to do the bypass. So what is the difference? He said, well, with the bypass, we're going to get rid of your stomach completely. It's going to be gone. Just get rid of it. And we're going to make you a pouch, uh, like a, a man-made pouch. That's going to be your new stomach. He said, then we're we're going to basically bypass the majority of your intestines and reroute you, basically replumb you so that it skips like a vast majority of your intestines and it 's a much more abrasive invasive surgery there's a lot more complications there's a stricter diet for the rest of your life. There are things you 'll never be able to eat again with the bypass with the sleeve. The only thing we do is we remove seventy to eighty percent of your stomach. That is it. You get to keep the other twenty to thirty uh, percent of your original stomach you You get to go back to eating regular foods eventually once you 're all healed up uh, less complications um, and, and I asked him, I, I, was, I said, okay, what is the average weight loss like for someone versus bypass versus the sleeve? Like how much more could I lose if I did the full bypass? And he goes, oh, about 10 or 20 pounds. And I go, 10 or 20 pounds for all that extra shit you're going to do to me? I go, no, doc, I'm just going to do the sleeve. Fuck the bypass. So that's what I chose. And same reason why Graham Elliott chose the sleeve was because of his profession as a chef.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Not not being limited, because once you heal up, you can go back to eating regular shit again. That takes about six months to a year. Mm. But, you know, with the bypass, he would have been limited. And as a chef, he didn't want to be limited. But he he says in his interview or his uh, his article that he uh, was interviewed for that it was the best decision he had ever made in his life. And when I read that article, dude, I don't know why. It just it made me feel good about my decision. You know um to do the less abrasive surgery, and the fact that they gave me a weight chart, and they said, after a year, you should weigh about two hundred and eight pounds i'm happy with that yeah. my uh, I, I going just down to two ninety from almost four hundred pounds, my sleep apnea has gone almost away. My wife says i'm not even snoring anymore, uh which is crazy. My wife used to sleep with earplugs um, <laughs> no, my my diabetes has gone down drastically. If anything, my blood sugar is low. If I don't eat enough now, it's not, it's not, you know, I was averaging 170 a day as my blood sugar level as a diabetic. And the other day it was 98. Like it's, it has drastically come down. Like I'm still healing from the surgery and I'm only eating 500 calories a day, which over time as I heal will go up after a year, I'll be back up to 1200 calories. So I'm still low on energy because I'm only eating very low amounts of food. Yeah. But I've lost almost 100 pounds, kicked smoking and did all of these things because at the end of the day, dude, I, I was I was not happy with the path I was on. It was it was a struggle, be, the depression and just being sad all the time and just feeling like, honestly, man, like I was tired of being the fat guy.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I was. That,
0: yeah, that is it, isn't it? You're like, because like so when I when I was um, when I was at uni. Uh, first time around, we literally had two guys with the same name, me as Adam and Adam. And um, and I became Lil Ad. And it's kind of almost like an in joke because the other ad was in good um, shape and I wasn't. So I became little Ad and he became Big Ad. And the weirdest thing since then is that he is now bigger than I ever was. And right. I've now trimmed down to be the guy that's, you know, the martial arts and fitness instructing guy. And it's like, what the fuck happened? since uni um and it's it's kind of weird now because i have become little lad and he has become bigger and it it was i think part of it there it's it's like like we'll we'll meet back up um you know every now and again and it will you can see in him that it's just like he he, It's like because he's got he had he had type 1 diabetes before he became big um but he he fucked up his body because he didn't look at his diabetes and that's probably part of the reason he got big. So he's completely the reverse of what most people would think. Um, and uh, you can see in his eyes, like he's it, it fucking, it tortures him because he, like I say, he was like, he was big ad because of a joke when we started uni. Like he was he was, what, 200 pounds, um, maybe maybe 190 when we started uni. And right. now he's like 350. Yeah. And it's, it's, like you can just see like he had just come back from building fucking wells and shit in africa when we when we went to uni like um yeah. and you can just see for some people and like we said at the beginning it's if you are big and you are healthy and you're happy you know who gives a fuck like if that's you and you you're, you know if you're lizzo like you are you know i've I've not heard of any um issues that lizzo has for instance lizzo's happy she's fucking body positive awesome amazing cool that's not who we're talking about here. Me yeah. and Brett were not fucking happy. Like we were there going like we're the fat guy in this group. We're the we're the we're the butt of all the goddamn jokes. And that
1: everywhere, at work, at home with friends, with family, like you know, uh, and and honestly dude, I would say I have pretty thick skin. I I I I have been made fun of for years, people will make jokes, people will clown on me and I and I dish it back and we have a good time and you know, but but it's when nobody's around and I'm by myself and like you know, for example, me and my wife will be getting ready to go to a family gathering or a party or a get together and I'm trying to find something to wear in my closet and nothing fits and like I am just I'm walking around the house angry and frustrated and throwing clothes everywhere and losing my shit. That's the side of me that you guys don't see when i'm like you know almost in tears because i look in the mirror and i'm like how the fuck does this shirt not fit it's a fucking 3 or 4x how does it not fit i have nothing to wear fuck it i'm not going fuck this fuck that no i'm not streaming or no i'm not hanging out with these people fuck this and i just lock myself in the room and i'm sad and and it sucks and those are the sides that people don't get to see when, the, when people go through and you know it's 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 hard and 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 Food. You, I didn't realize how much food truly meant to me until I had this surgery, and I'm limited on what I can eat. And I feel like this surgery is breaking me in a good way. It's breaking these old habits, and like for like someone kicking a drug ha- habit, right? It's like it's like snapping me out of it. And like, dude, you don't fucking need three plates of rice and a gallon of milk and a case of soda, and oh, yeah. you I you mean- don't need that.
0: I remember. I mean, I think it's probably rebuilding your, your psyche, a bit like it did with me, but obviously there was a bit more kind of bullshit in my head, but it rebuilds your psyche, I think, because you, yeah. because like, so whatever anyone thinks about anything, if you have a physical attribute to you, and you've had it for long enough, there's bullshit that goes on in your brain because of that physical attribute, because of how other people treat you. If yeah. you're a big person, you respond in a certain way to that. If you're a handsome person, if you're a beautiful person, if you're an ugly person, wherever the fuck it is, you start to take on board certain things. You start to act in a certain way because that, you have to. You have to survive half the time. And if you don't, you haven't. And I think that, that's the thing. I mean, I was working in a fucking kitchen when I when I lost the weight. I was working in a kitchen. Um, I, um, I was working in a university kitchen. Um, and that was fucking horrendous, man. I was in a... You said about clothes. And when I lost the weight, it was so fucking... So I was in overalls. That's what we did, because I was, I was on the fucking machines, and I was in overalls, and I started to realize that the overall, I couldn't, like, they were just falling down, they were just falling off me, literally falling off me at work, because, right. um, and I was like, and I, it's, that's when I realized just how big I was on top of that, so I'm like, fuck, how the fuck, like, I didn't even think they were that big before, like, part of me didn't think they were that big before, um, but people do, like, make comments, and I don't think people realize just how much it is, I mean, put it this way. I am probably one of the most sarcastic and banterish people you know. Yeah. Who is the only person you know who's never made a comment about your weight?
2: You. Because well, because
0: we
1: we both we've both we've both it's, been there before. That's the
0: thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's not saying like any of like guys out there. If any of you are watching this, we're not having a go at you for it. But it's just that there are certain comments that I think. Even in the like banter culture, which I'm from fucking England, we do it like um, it's a normal thing. But even in that, there are certain words, I, certain comments. I think that people, if you've gone through something, you just kind of go, there's no fucking that, that, that's not a joke. That like I, I I'll take the piss out of your beard. I'll, I'll that that I'll fucking go for that. I'll go for like. You know the, the games you play or some bullshit like i'll i fig- 'll find something else to have a go at and if i right. want to if I want to have a muck about you it's easier to have a go at you 've been American than it is for anything else Because, yeah. like you know like i 'm not going to have a go at something because other people will see it as oh we 're just joshing him or like I, I know i've heard it so many times i like yeah, but if we if we put it in a joking way, that's us trying to show and help them move towards doing something about it. I was like, yeah, but it's also helping them to fucking jump off of something. Like, that's, like, I don't think people realize the impact it can have sometimes. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, and that wasn't me trying to blow my trumpet. I was trying to make a point of, like, that's, even with that background, the reason I wouldn't is because it, it just doesn't, I know that. I've been there. Like, when people make those comments, like, a, like a, I said, like, when I first lost weight, it was some fucking random guy in the street going, "My God, you're fat!" Like the fuck, like yeah. that could have ended. Re- I could have ended really differently for me. I really because I mean I've suffered from suicidal depression since I was fifteen, so right. that interaction could have ended up really fucking differently. Um, right. But it's you know it's it, it's how you interact with people. I think that's really something that we don't we don't think about as uh, as much like, and yeah. I think that's where the, a lot of the body positivity stuff has come from as well is, is that people go and look fucking chill out. Like this person's big, but who the fuck cares? Like, right. I think that's where a lot of that has come from. I do. Well, I mean, yeah, go on,
1: uh, well, uh, well, I mean, I know that like here in America, you know, it's like always been where like models are skinny and this is what you should look like. And this is, you know, what you're supposed to look like and wear and dress and, You know, skinny models on the covers of magazines or on television and commercials and stuff. But it's like, I don't know, man, uh, that that has a lot of of damaging effects on people. It it, it, like Joe Rogan talked about it, like like in one of his segments. uh, This isn't verbatim, but something along the lines of like. In a lot of ways, it gives people like this false uh, reality of what what you're supposed to be. Or or what you are you know it, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how he framed it or how he explained it, but I mean like uh, who's that really jacked guy on TikTok right now that or, or on YouTube that like he's just super big? He eats like the Liver King, the Liver King, right? He goes, bro, like
0: broad, yeah. <laughs> he's,
1: uh, Joe Rogan's like, bro,
0: there's
1: there's no way he
0: does that naturally, bro. Like <laughs> like there's no he's way. Fucking freak! If it if they. If, if he's doing that naturally, he is a genetic fucking freak. And That's what Joe Rogan said. There are genetic freaks out there. Like, there's actually one, there's actually a British guy who's just, like, because people kept saying about him, he actually got all the tests and he got the guy that debunks people on YouTube. Forgot right. his name. He got him to do the tests for him. Like, I want you to fucking prove to everyone I am natural. And even the guy that was doing de- 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 debunking, because he's got no like horse in the race. He's an American guy, actually, the guy. And he was like, yeah, no you genuinely are a genetic freak. Like, that was that yeah. was the level of it, of like... But, I mean, this guy isn't... This British guy isn't overly jacked. It's just that his physique doesn't... He'll then do, like, 70,000 calories, and everyone's like, there's no fucking way. Um, and he was like, no, no, no. I just... My genetics are just... But he, the, the difference was, is that he himself, when he was going... When he, like... You know, when people were going, oh, you're, you're not natural, or this kind of stuff, he, on screen, every time was going, I have fucked genes like that's how he was he was like you've got you've got to realize that my genes are not normal like he was admitting it i think that's the difference is like the liver king just goes eat heart of a fucking elk and you'll look like me and it's like no mate if you are you're natural that's because you're like some fucking lab experiment like there's no way yeah why you look like that normally and
1: yeah yeah it's just giving people I don't know, like these, like these false, I don't know. It's like that guy, uh, he's become like a big thing on, on Twitch and YouTube now. He's kind of a douchebag, uh, that Andrew Tate guy.
0: Kind Have you of seen
1: him?
2: Bag.
1: Yeah, I know. He is a douchebag, bro. But I'm just yeah. like, like he's got that weird, like, uh, Hustlers University thing for like, for he's like.
0: Keeping a bad body. That's that. Bro.
1: It's legit targeting, like, overweight guys who live with their moms still who, like, struggle to get girlfriends and guys that struggle with weight and guys that want confidence. So we're going to pay this guy who did kickboxing 10 years ago to teach us how to do that. In the ISKA,
0: which is predominantly karate and not sport kickboxing, so it's not kind of surprising that he was world champion. But anyway
1: yeah uh, (laughs) yeah just some of the shit that comes out of his mouth is absolutely crazy about people's weight the way people look about women the way he talks about women dude the fact that any woman would would hook up with him at this point knowing (laughs) what he said
0: he i swear to god he's he's under investigation for so many different things he's been on podcast saying the main reason he moved to romania was so that he could buy off cops and if anyone wants to come at me for that I will point you towards the fucking podcast he did it on. Like, Oh, bro. Said that? He,
1: well, he was accused of of sexually assaulting someone. Yeah. Uh, and that's why he moved to Romania to yeah. avoid charges. Yeah. So, like, we're going to listen to this guy about fitness and what it takes to be a man, right? Like, oh, give me a no, fucking no. break, bro. Like, to disrespect women the way... Like, would he do that to his own mother? Probably. I mean, fuck. <laughs> but, I mean, like, would you treat your own family like that? Like, why would you... I just... Guys like that, those fucking chads on the internet, they just fucking drive me nuts, bro. Don't listen to fucking guys like that about... Trump
0: with a better body. That is literally it. He's Trump with a better body. When I
1: heard about... Bro, that's exactly what I thought of when I heard about that Hustlers University. I thought of Trump University, university like, yeah. instantly. Like I was like, dude, this is a scam. This is like... Dude, it's like, oh, you want to get rich and be like me? Join my university and go bankrupt. <laughs> like... yeah,
0: it's just like, oh, I have so much money and I've got all this stuff. Oh, so you've got so much money that you can afford all this stuff, so you've moved to one of the cheapest countries in Europe. Yeah. Like, my house could buy 10 houses twice the size of this in Romania. So, yeah, yeah, I have loads of money, so I'm going to move to a really poor country, but I can pay people off. Yeah, 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 it makes perfect sense. Like, you could be a pauper in another country and move there. Like, fuck off.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like, if I could give any advice just from my own personal experiences, like, I'm not – advocating for everybody that surgery is the answer. Um, because there are, just being completely transparent and honest, there are complications that people go through. Some people lose too much weight and they look sick and they feel terrible about themselves after. Uh Sometimes the gastric sleeve makes people extremely sick and they have to go back in and do the full bypass. Uh, some people it doesn't work at all. Some people you gain your weight back. And I'm not going to lie, the recovery is absolutely shitty and it's miserable um, and it's not fun. But every other person that I've talked to Uh, who's gone through it that it's been successful because I haven't personally met anybody where it hasn't been successful. Mm. But like uh, the whole reason I even thought about doing the surgery was because of Twitch, Uh, because we, we both know Terry, Pastor Terry. He had the gastric bypass a few years ago and he was as big as I was. And he said it's the best decision he ever made in his life. And now he looks fantastic and he's loving life. And he was honestly the first person I spoke to and the motivation behind me doing it, because I think Terry looks fantastic and he seems happy and he says it was great. So he's been amazing because he's been on this journey kind of with me every step of the way. Like when I have a question, I ask Terry, when I don't know something, I ask him, I ask him, Hey, am I supposed to feel like this? Like, how did this go for you? What did you do here? And he has been helping me every step of the way. And I am very grateful for that because it helped, Uh, It helped uh, lessen my fears about everything because I had someone who had actually done it. Um, And he actually did the full bypass. I did the sleeve, the lesser, but he, he, it's because uh, they recommend if you have really bad acid reflux to not do the gastric sleeve because gastric sleeve really heightens acid reflux. Uh, So that's why he couldn't do it. But, you know, if uh, like, my brother wants to have the surgery now, uh you know muffin, right? And and so he's uh three hundred and five pounds. Um but my brother has played football every year, he's been in wrestling, he but he's always struggled to be below like two hundred eighty. Even when he's working his ass off and, and going to CrossFit trainers and stuff, he just struggles. I don't know if it's like I don't know what it is, bro. I mean, if it's
0: i I I I'll be open on here. Like I was probably one of your biggest dissenters against surgery and I spoke yeah. to you about it because I did it without without that, and I lost, you know, considerable amounts over time, and ended up at like one one seventy, one eighty, from right. being three hundred and ten. Like I was just a bit bit bigger, around the same size as your brother. Um, and I did not exercise right. at all for all that time period. Um, a lot of it was uh, diet controls. I also quit drinking for two years. Didn't drink any alcohol. Um, which you know, as, as an English person, that's always difficult. Um, but you know, I, I cut these things out, and I I, I, I actually think for people that work out a lot, that do those kind of things, it becomes harder to lose weight a lot of the times if that's what you're looking for, because you end up oh, yeah. the way you have to eat, the way you interact, because what you're not, because all you become determined in your head about is the, is the um, the weight loss and not the fat loss. You can remember is you're, you're building muscle and the muscle's heavier so it's going on top like you're not turning any fat because there's, there's all that bullshit of like oh I can turn my fat into muscle, no you can't, they're not the same substance like what you're right. doing is you're building muscle up that's then almost sometimes making you look bigger because it's basically just pushing your fat out, like you could look bigger but actually like half an inch into your stomach it's like a wall of muscle <laughs> like, Right. Right. really can fuck with you and a lot of people I, I've known a lot of people that that like do a lot of um gym work and things like that that are just big people and it's like they end up having to work out less. Like the first so after I originally like I'd lost the weight and everything like that. And then I weirdly went from doing no exercise to then being like, right, okay, I'm smaller now. Now I don't mind going to the gym. Because that was a big thing for me. I didn't I didn't like I didn't want to be watched. You know, I had that same fear that everyone does not like I don't want to be the fat guy in the in the gym. And I started going to the gym and I went wild to the point where my old personal trainer from the time literally said to me you need to stop coming to the gym so much and you need to start eating more and I think that's that's the thing like i had gone too far like I I, my mindset just been like no no no, I'm this size now this is the way I've got to be this is this is how it is and I was going two three times to the gym a day two three hours a time like every fucking day and my old personal trainer is the former British bodybuilding champion and he was the one going look Fucking chill the fuck out like no right. um and it can be really difficult for people sometimes but yeah i was a dissenter because i think for, for me because i've seen it from a different perspective and i think that's one of the things as well when we're dealing with mental health it's got to be what's right for you there's no way i could have had the surgery i think i i would have i'd have beaten myself up for the rest of my life if i'd have had the surgery it would not work right. for me i would i would if there's any kind of psych test for it i would not have passed i just wouldn't i couldn't have done right. that um, in the same way for you, maybe the way that I did it wouldn't have worked, and that's the thing right. is, it's be what's what's working for you, and I think that's the problem is sometimes we, when we see success in someone else, which is also why I was a dissenter, um, because I knew that obviously we both knew Terry, and I'm like, sometimes we see it in someone else and go, that's what I want, so that's what I'm gonna do, and that can sometimes like
1: cloud your judgment.
0: Yeah, because you, you're just like, well, it's worked for them, like it, it's got to be right. you know, a bit like. As we said earlier, a bit like these guys on YouTube that like, you know, I I ate a fucking elk heart and I'm like this. And then everyone sees it and goes, I'm going to look like the liver king if I just eat that shit. And it's like, well, no, you're not. And and that's the thing. I think it becomes quite dangerous. And obviously, brother now going, oh, well, Mike's done it. So, hey, I can do it, too. And it may not be any good. And
1: and honestly, I've had a long talk with my brother. Um, I said, look, I'm not telling you not to get it. I'm not telling you to get it. What I'm going to tell you is this is what I've gone through since I've gotten it two months ago. Yeah. Uh, food sucks. Uh, you get sick if you eat the wrong foods, if you eat too much food, you have no energy. Um, but again, guys, this is all temporary. Mm-hmm. Like once I am healed up completely. And back on regular solid foods again, and I'm eating twelve to fifteen hundred calories a day, which all of this is about at twelve months. I'm only at month number two yeah. uh things will go back to normal for me well as normal as they can be, and uh, I will get my energy back. I will be eating a normal balanced diet of foods with normal calorie intake, and that is the plan behind it. that is the meal plan that they have for me um Another thing to be aware of is that when you get either the bypass or the sleeve, you have to take supplements every day for the rest of your life, not till you heal, not till you don't feel like it forever. So every day I get up and I take about between eight and 10 pills a day every day. And I have to, because if you don't over time your body will start to develop deficiencies because your stomach can no longer absorb as many nutrients as it could before the surgery so they have me on i take two multivitamins a day i take three calcium citrates a day vitamin d3 vitamin b12 vitamin b1 um i take pepcid because it helps me heal uh, I also have to take stool softeners because I'm on a really high protein diet. And guess what protein does? Makes you constipated. So I take a bunch of pills every day too. They're vitamins. It's not like prescriptions. You know, I'm not going to be on the pepsid forever, but I take a lot of vitamins every day because I have to. And. They make you read all of this shit. Like if you don't take this vitamin, you could become paralyzed. You can go blind. You can lose your hair. You can, and I'm like, oh fuck, give me those vitamins. Like, you know, um, because it's serious. Uh, So yes, if you, if you are okay with giving up the foods that you love for a while, and there are some foods you should never eat again. You should never have fried food again. They they don't, they just totally advise against it 100% for the rest of your life. No fried food. Uh, spicy food overly spiced food is a no-no for a while that might go back to normal
0: oh, can't send you any more hot sauces
1: i know i can't <laughs> do dude. dude i was i was dumb because like the first couple weeks i had split pea soup and i put a little bit of hot sauce in it <laughs> and i mixed it in and i ate it and i'm like leaned back in the recliner and i'm like oh that was a bad fucking idea (laughs) and dude it was literally like two or three drops of hot sauce and it wasn't even hot hot sauce it was like crystal so very vinegary but you're very uh you're you're gonna eat a very bland diet for the first year but after that like terry terry eats whatever the fuck he wants now but it's it's literally a tool to help you it's not an end-all be-all fix everything you can get fat again you can get unhealthy again um you have to change. It's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not a fad diet, you and know.
0: That, there's there's part of that as well that, that starts to probably be more, way more of a concern, like, again, a mental health concern if you're in the US. Because if, so, I mean, you're one of the few people that actually is taking vitamins for a reason, because vitamins in general, it's expensive We, But um, for you, there's a legitimate reason. But yeah. of course, that's money. And this stuff yeah. is money. And you know, given the highest rate of bankruptcy in America is from medical care, like this is another thing that people are going to have to be aware of, like you say is like if you're in the u s and like you're you're in the hell of depression because of weight already, and then there's other things to consider- so like this is a big thing, and what you know it may be that you're in the u k or France or I think Russia occasionally watches my my um my stuff as well, but like wherever you're from watching this it, there's other things to be taken into concern, And obviously, like part of your mental health is to try and like, I know I'm going to be OK then. But the thing I will say is, and I think I said this to you as well, is that the, the biggest thing for me and the biggest thing I always say to people when they want to lose weight is, is it really the weight that's the issue or is it you? And that sounds fucking harsh, but there may be something else that's fucking you up first, because if you want to lose weight and there's nothing about your body that you like, Losing weight is going to be no good in my yeah. mind. Person, personal opinion. For me, I have got nice calves. I've got muscly calves. Sounds like a weird one, but I they've been the same when I was big. They are, I've got muscly calves now. Like, I've had my community on Twitch, like my mental health community on Twitch have been fucking thirsting over my calves. It's a weird one. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, my calves, I'm not going to lose any muscle. Like, I'm going to lose the fat. I'm not going to lose any muscle. I'm going, to, I'm going to be walking. So, okay, we're going to keep that up. And so, I think that was the thing all the way through is that I lost weight, but at no point did I lose the bit that I was happy with. Like I could right. look at the rest of me and go fat face, fat stomach, fat thighs, whatever. But I'm like, my calves, they're still okay. I- I'm good. I'm good. I can keep going. I think if you want to lose weight and there's nothing about you you like, I think that's where we start to get into concern. And then do you really want to go through something like, you know, surgery yeah if there's no, and i know you, you've got like psychiatric people you talk to as well but like if you, you really want to go through that if there's nothing you like about yourself because there's always this idea of like i'll be happy when and i think weight loss is one of the biggest ones that has that it's like, i'll be happy when i'm this way i'll be happy when i'm this way will you will you actually be happy or will you just be the same but skinnier like that's not gonna mean you're only happier it's like when people go i'll be happy when i've got a million dollars then they get a million dollars and go fuck I'm even worse now because I think I should be happy. Like, this is the same thing as being skinny. Is like, I should be happy now because now I'm, you know, 100, 180 pounds. Why the fuck? I'm like, I was 500 pounds, I'm 180. Why am I not happy anymore? And it's like, well, because you didn't like anything about you and the, about yourself. Yeah, and the like, that,
1: that that just means yeah. that I, you know, if you're, you know, that just sounds like if, the, you know, someone would have, like, underlying issues, right? And exactly. they're they're exactly. they're basically, they're fixing... Things that they thought were the issues, but th- it's not, and you're not getting to the the heart or the root of wow. the problem.
0: And that, that's the thing I think is a big thing when people lose weight. Like 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 we were saying, so like if you're if you're massively healthy, the doctor has not suggested to you you need to lose weight because let's like, so, okay, let's look at a, a sumo wrestler. I was talking about it earlier. A sumo wrestler could be four five hundred pounds, so same size as you uh, as you were or bigger. Very healthy, like these guys fucking wrestle and train. Like there was a an American uh, power lifter that went out there to try and train with them and they he could not keep up. So like right. these guys are fit as fuck. Like right. just, just not telling them to to lose any weight. Their cholesterol's fine, you know, they eat healthily. I've seen the stuff they eat, they eat healthy and everything else. If you're someone like that, like there's no reason like there's no medical reason for you to lose it. You're you're married, you're happy, anything like that. Like and you're thinking, well, losing weight's gonna make me happier, like, is it? Because there's nothing telling you really elsewhere that that is what is the issue. So there's other things to, to to consider as well with this, because I think the mental health side of of being bigger, like there's so much around it. And like me and Rex have come, come at it from completely different sides, but we've both been there or are there or going through it or are in the after effects of it. And like, it's, it doesn't go away. Like at least for me, like I'm, I'm still like, it's still in my fucking head like i was saying about earlier when we're off camera like i've had maybe 1200 probably the same amount of calories as you've had today and i haven't had any surgery but i am still here thinking fuck i feel full yeah i think it becomes a mindset you know it's difficult
1: yeah i uh you know for me uh what, what drives me at this point is the fact that I am in the 200s again, and I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. And everybody who's seeing me, uh, like my wife makes comments that make me feel pretty good. And like, you know, my family will see me like when all my family just came over to my house for my daughter's birthday last Saturday. Uh, and they all got to see me for the first time since I've lost this weight. Uh, or even on Twitch, like uh, so, or, or on the Internet, people have noticed in my face that my face is slimmed down. A lot and that makes me feel good and that makes me want to push more and I'm like man like right now because I'm still recovering I'm not allowed to lift over 20 pounds I'm not supposed to um because they're scared of me like I'm at a high risk for hernias right now but while I'm healing I guess yeah. I don't know that's what they say so I'm just trying to listen to the doctors uh but dude like I can't like in my head I never thought I would think like this but like I kind of want to go to the gym and I kind of want to like I want to be like 200 pounds again, dude, and like feel good and be fit and like buy normal clothes and like go hiking and go swimming and play basketball again. And like I used to love playing basketball, loved it, dude. And and doing all of these things with my daughter, with my wife going out, I've been like I've even had enough energy now to wear. Me and my wife have been going out of the house, just going on little dates or running errands together, and I haven't done that in a long time. And I and we'll be out and about and I'll be like, hey, you want to go here too, or you want to go here? And she's like, You're not tired. I'm like, No, I'm good. Let's go here. Let's do this. Let's go do this. And uh uh on my daughter's actual birthday on Wednesday, I took her to a place called Mickey's Grove. And it's a humongous park with a zoo and play areas. And because we went on a Wednesday morning, there everybody's at work, so we were literally the only people in the entire zoo. And we walked around for hours and hours and hours and it just, it feels good and it, it's motivating and I want to do more and more and more and I want to lose weight and and keep going and see what I could really do for the first time in a long time. And uh, it's exciting. Um, so yeah, drinking protein shakes sucks. It's not great. But one of the things that I've told this to several people was, is that, I needed to stop prioritizing food over everything else uh, because I was the kind of person that I ate for every reason in the book. Oh, you did something good? Let's reward ourselves. Let's go eat. Oh, you're depressed? Let's eat. You know, no matter what it was, it was food, 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 good or bad. It was always rewarding yourself with food. And I got to a point to where I had to be like, dude, I have to stop prioritizing food Because being with my daughter is more important than food. And that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm getting used to dealing with the fact that when I go to a restaurant, I literally, dude, I order a cup of soup and that's it. It's like, that's, and I know that's all I can eat. And I know I'm probably not even going to finish that and I'm going to be full. And another crazy thing is too, is like, something I asked the doctor and it's actually true. Uh, because my stomach is so small when, when I'm full, I'm full. Like I'm not hungry all the time anymore. Like ment like in my brain, I'm not like hungry ever. Like I, I, I drank this protein shake before we got on camera and I'm, I'm satisfied and I'll be good for hours and then I'll have another one and I'll be good for four or five more hours. And then for dinner, I'll have something more solid and I'm good for the rest of the night. Uh, It's totally different, man. My life has changed like drastically. I actually go back to work on August 31st back into construction and my company is amazing. They're really cool. They're going to have me on like light, like light, light duty, you know, yeah. doing re- real simple stuff, getting me acclimated back into working. Cause I've been on disability since last November. Yeah. So I, they know, Hey, I'm only eating 500 calories a day. I wash the dishes and I'm fucking tired. Like, like either I can stay on disability for a couple more months, or if you really want me to come back, you have to help me out here and put me on light duty. Cause I, I can't full blown, be back into loving, you know, lunking steel around and fucking picking up all this hundreds and hundreds of pounds of shit. Cause that's what we do. And I'm like, I just can't physically. And if that's what, if you can't like help me out, then I need to stay on disability and heal a little bit longer. So everything's changing. It's, for me personally, my experience—it's um, still really early, but I've lost a good chunk of weight. I have a ways to go. It's made me happy, but mentally, it's been a bitch and it's hard as fuck. And anybody who tells you it isn't hard is lying to you. Oh, uh, if I mean, I, I, yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's like sorry, I cut you off there. But it's, no, it's you're like, good. You're good. It's um, it, you were saying about the you know, good or bad, or what you said for food, and I mean, I, the worst you I fucking had this so many times is like. You, you'll look at the scales one morning and you'll be like, oh man, I had a really big meal yesterday. And maybe you put on like a pound, two pounds and that's going to go in like the, the next couple of days. It's going to go. It's just because you had a big meal last night, but right. your mind then goes, fuck you fat piece of shit. Go and eat something. And you're like, what the fuck, like yes. you end up eating more food because of the fact that you're now, big, and it's like, it's the weirdest fucking thing. It's, and it's, this isn't the same with everyone that's, that, that's big, but it sounds like they're similar for you. And it's just that, Like, I feel shit. I feel depressed because, like, I can see myself going up in weight. But that's so fucking temporary. But your mind doesn't say that. Your mind goes, you're a fat piece of shit. Why have you gone up by two pounds? Like, two pounds is fucking nothing. And it's going to go within the week. It's just because it was Sunday and you, like, in England, at least, we have the Sunday roast. Like, every Sunday, like, especially when you're a kid or, like, if you're close to the family, it's very usual to go around um, on a Sunday to your parents, to your in-laws and have a roast dinner. So, like, gravy potato um, you know potatoes yorkshire puddings which is effectively bread um (laughs) like in the fucking thing then um you know meats and all this shit on top of the thing and and a dessert like and then you wonder the next day you like i'll put on a couple of pounds yeah of course you have because you ate that like it's not it's not you you like you haven't really done anything wrong and you'll be eating normally for the rest of the week it's just because it was sunday but your mind goes nah that's your problem. Now you've got to feed yourself uh, to, like, reward yourself for being uh, – it's fucked. And that's the yeah. biggest thing is I don't think people realize. And, like, people will have a go at you, and you'll have fucking comments if you're out and about sometimes, and, like, have a go at your weight. But it's such a weird thing Control. control. Like, so for me, when I was losing weight, and people would be like, oh, you've had so much self con- self-control. I'm like, no, I don't. That's, that's the fucking reason. Like, I'm not eating chocolate bars. And they're like, oh, you've got so much self-control. Like, no, I haven't. The reason I'm not eating chocolate bars at all is because if I did eat one, I'll eat twelve. Like that. Oh, yeah. Like you know, there's, there's not, nothing to do with fucking self-control. It's because I have none. Like yep. <laughs> that
1: that was my problem, dude. It's like, you know, like when I've tried to quit smoking cigarettes or like you know, go on diets, it's like if I have one cigarette, I'm going to have a pack and then another pack and another pack. And then it's like a oh, it, I haven't quit, you know? Um, but we have the same thing here in the U S it's very common. Like on Sundays, Sundays was always like either family dinner or, you know, Sunday breakfast, right. You'd get up early and go have breakfast somewhere or your mom would make breakfast, a big breakfast for the family. And, you know, I, I grew up where, you know, my mom, dad, my brother, and me, we were all, you know, uh, bigger, You know, uh, it wasn't until I got out of high school and started working in construction that I got bigger because all through high school, I was between 190 and 220 all four years uh, uh, from ninth grade through till I graduated. And uh, it wasn't until I started running heavy equipment and I'm like sitting in a machine all day and, you know, you're traveling on the road. So you're living in hotel rooms and you're eating shit food like fast food or at restaurants and you're just because you're tired, you're not going to cook for yourself in a fucking hotel room. Um, so then I just started putting on the pounds, putting on the pounds. Um, and it just, it got bad. And then it didn't help that like, I grew up where, you know, my mom always cooked for dinner and my, our portions were awful, dude. Like we would have, you know, and, and that's the thing here in the U S uh, I don't know if it's like this in other parts of the world, but at least here in the U S bigger is better with everything apparently. And we'll get a plate. Our plates are this big. And then we fucking mound them over and then you eat two or three helpings, you know, in one sitting, you know, my mom would make pork chops and gravy and mashed potatoes and biscuits and a gallon of milk to wash it down or a case of soda. And you do that every fucking day. And, uh, you know, my mom, uh, I love my mom. We're super tight. And she knows that like, I, my mom is the type of person that never, ever wants her family or friends to go hungry. It's very no she's not southern at all uh but it she
0: sounds she, like a really southern mother thing you know what i mean
1: dude she she <laughs> legit for parties she will over buy food because she doesn't want to be the person who runs out of food yeah. um she was the type of person that my best friends that all lived on my street were all the same age they would all come over for dinner uh all our front our doors are always open food, 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 food. And, you know, everything was covered in gravy and everything was not good for you. And, you know, um, and, uh, that's just when I became an adult and I moved out on my own old habits die hard, dude. That's how I was raised. I was around that kind of stuff. So like when I got with my wife and we were dating and then we started living together, like the food, like I love to cook. Uh, my wife, when we got together, wasn't really a cook yet. she hadn't really learned how to do it yet so I was cooking a lot and the portions I was giving her she was like holy fuck dude like is like and then you know or or it just it got out of control and like the groceries I was buying and the meals I was making my wife's like you do realize it's it's just me and you you know like it's just us like we don't we don't need all this food you know and then also another thing that played a big role into it Adam was uh when I turned eighteen years old uh my mother started doing foster care uh because my mom has always wanted to do it. My dad was not on board at first and for over over the years uh he just i don't know if I want to do it. we already have the two boys that are that are ours uh, I don't want any drama or any problems like i just and then finally, when I turned eighteen, my mom convinced my dad to do it, so they started doing it. And at one point, dude, like, it was my biological brother, my mom, my dad, me, my girlfriend at the time, and four foster boys in a two-story house. And so there was nine of us. Yeah. So, bro, we bought everything in fucking bulk. Yeah. Food was in just my, my, my literally no bullshit bro at my parents' house. They have a laundry room slash pantry that is literally like the size of the office you're sitting in right now. And the fucking shelves are full of canned and dried goods and rices and cakes and all this shit. The fuck food out the ass, dude. So like when I moved out, you know, because I was over 18 and I was still living there. I would help with the shopping. I would help run errands for my mom because we had so you know, we had all the boys and stuff and, you know, they were all teenage boys that were in football and playing sports. So everybody ate a lot. And there was just so much food my entire childhood into my adulthood. And uh that's just kind of where the problems all started. And like literally this surgery is mentally breaking me out of those habits. It is forcing me to break these lifelong habits that I've had. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: It's it's weird. I mean, my um my my dad is a northerner. Um, he's from the north of England, which I always, um, I always say to people, northern. Um, a lot of the traits of the north of England are similar to that of uh, the South America, um, southern right. states, which is why I asked about your mum because like everyone knows, like, don't leave the table until all your food's finished. But right. if you're a northerner, like, n- that's fucking meant. Like, you no, you do not. Like, they'll fucking sellotape you to the goddamn table like they'll fucking scotch tape you to it like you're not leaving the fucking table and the problem is is that because my dad is a big guy as well um and because my mum and dad were both born during the second world war so they started eating a bit too much in like later years because they were so used to like when they were kids rationing was still still around because of the second world war Um right. so they ate too much and a northerner eating too much, and big guys, so it's like men's portions, that kind of thing. And then yeah. you've got to clean the fucking plate, and you're like, shit, man, like, what the fuck? And I, I, I've always said, like, that was the star of it for me as well, is that kind of idea of, like, you've got to finish, like, I genuinely did not understand the concept of leftovers. When people used to say to me that I had leftovers, oh, we're having what was left over from last time, like, I what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean leftovers? We're but not see, to have leftovers. You but see, we, <laughs> we always had
1: leftovers because my mom would make so fucking much of it that it's like there was no way you were finishing it in one sitting. And my dad was the same way, bro. He was the same way. You cleared what was on your plate. You ate all your vegetables. You ate all your food. And if you went up and you got seconds, you better finish that fucking plate. Because if you if you weren't that hungry, you shouldn't have got that much. So you better finish it. Oh, and half dude.
0: of it would be, like, on the table. So you, like, you didn't even go back up to anywhere. Like, it's on the table. You just fucking go for it. Like, that was the biggest problem is I'd, I'd have so much. And my mum when I was growing up, my the, the first thing I learned how to how to make was uh, bread. Because my mum was a baker. So yeah. the, the first fucking thing, like, the, this amazing bread. Like, you got to remember, like, you know, we're... Not well. I'm like fucking 60, 70 miles away from France. So that's like we have really good bread where I'm where I'm from. And my mum was a baker and you're getting this smell at fucking five o'clock in the morning. Like I was being woken up for school, taken down to the fucking um, like the to the bakery. Like making, helping my mum bake bread in the morning. And they're like, oh, yeah. And when you're on the way to school, come into the bakery and we'll give you something extra. And it's like that's every fucking morning when I was a kid, yeah. was at primary school. And it's like, oh, my God, like elementary, primary school. And it's like, fucking hell, that was the start of it. And then I just didn't, like, I just, it just kept going. And this is when, and this is, you know, this is the 80s into the 90s. And, yeah. like, so more things than TV became better in the, well I think it was better in the 90s anyway 80s and 90s you've got better TV you've got video yeah. games starting to come out you know the fucking yep. NES the NES came out I remember the, the NES at Christmas like oh well, let's all play the NES so I didn't go fucking like maybe other kids were going around and like playing their bikes at Christmas I was planning the fucking the original NES and yet, yeah out there Ne- there is something before the snares, um, like I was <laughs> that shit. Like I've had that conversation, with people. But like, so I was doing that, and it's just like, oh my god, what, what the fuck? and It wasn't until like later life that I realised. And obviously, gravy is a very kind of northern English thing as well. Like to have gravy on stuff. Like we have. So like, um, in the north of England, you'll have gravy on chips. On so, oh, like,
1: French fries. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah. So, well, no, steak fries. Or I always steak. say this. Sorry, steak fries. I will say, I will say this again because I say this every fucking time. England does have fries. <laughs> we do not call fries chips. We call steak fries chips. Okay. So the reason is because, like, it's probably McDonald's fault, but like, the only place I've realized this is probably their fault. The only place I've ever seen that calls French fries chips is Northern Ireland and Ireland. That's that they call them chips. But if I went to like a, a store here and I got fries, it will say on the packet, French fries. That's literally what it says. Right. Chips. Like we have fries. But but like steak chips, you go to yeah. the chip shop and in the north, gravy, like a suet pudding on top, and then more gravy. So that's like a really northern thing as well. So it's like my mum being a baker, my dad being from the north, like man, men's portions, and then like that was the thing as well. Like it's this is a this is a man's portion. Like you yeah you automatically chip two or three times the fucking size. Oh, you're a growing boy. What the fuck i'm six yeah. I'm, not going, I'm, six <laughs> like, I'm like i was like i remember having these comments like i remember being like because i got to 6'2 when i was like maybe 14 15 right. um, and and like my my shoe size has been like size so 13 to 14 which in america is 14 to 15 since back then too so it's right. like 6'2 so it's 14 15 feet broad shoulders, and they're like, oh, you're a growing boy. I'm really fucking not. If you think I'm a growing boy, there's issues. Like, you yeah. have other problems.
1: Yeah, I need to stop growing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you like, I'm a fucking
0: reduction. <laughs> you still get it. You still get it. I think it's a, it's a very much, I mean, I don't know how old your parents are, but it's, I think it's a very much a generational thing of, like, because they didn't have the food when they were kids, because, you know, they were on ration cards until 53. Um, so when they were, at like, um, yeah. just going into secondary school, they had ration cards. And so yeah, my my, uh,
1: my parents are in their early fifties.
0: Okay, so, so my, they're like the same age as my brothers and sisters. Then, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: so my mom is fifty-four and my dad is fifty-three, and uh, my my grandparents uh, are seventy and seventy-three.
0: Okay, so, so older than your grandparents. Yeah. Okay. How old are you? Me, I'm thirty-seven. I'm thirty-eight in a couple of months.
1: So are you the baby?
0: Yeah, I'm the younger. okay. Okay, I'm the youngest so you're
1: so your parents had you into their 40s.
0: Yeah, so I was I was the I was the last one my mum was in her 40s and she had a first when she was 18, something like. Okay. Um but yeah, I yeah, I, so yeah, my my parents are older than your grandparents, so it's it's very much a a second world war like Europe and the world really has no fucking money, we have no food. And so I right. think it's their mindset of like okay, well our kids aren't going to suffer because we did. Like so we're going to make sure that like adam and you know all my brothers and sisters we're going to make sure they they eat and unfortunately even into the 80s and the 90s when i was growing up that didn't change like there was still like i mean (laughs) the 80s and 90s the fucking time of plenty and it was still like yeah let's just keep throwing stuff on the plate and you know i went into cooking you know i've worked in restaurants and things like that as well and that did not help on top of being able to just cook bread and like i was saying while i was waiting for meals sometimes when I was cooking them and making another meal basically whilst I was waiting for the other meal and eating that at the same time and not even fucking realizing it because I've yeah. been taught to cook I've been taught to do all these things and you know it is it's a weird thing because you then that I think that that plays into the idea of like rewarding yourself with food because that's been so much a part of your life is like with your mum going you know we're gonna make sure you've got food at the time my parents going like yeah, we'll make sure you've got food at the time and, that becomes. The, I mean, think about the biggest, the biggest like threat. Really, as a kid, it was always you go to bed with no, with no uh, uh, evening meal. That was the biggest thing as a kid. Like you played yeah. up, go to bed with no tea. That's it. You know, that's that's your that's the biggest punishment we can give you. Actually, biggest punishment you could give me is probably like smack around the backside. But yeah, uh, other than that, <laughs> it's, it's, that's not allowed anymore. You know, that's outlawed in England. But like back then, it's but then it. The other thing is mainly like you're not allowed to have food. Like that's a punishment. You're not allowed to have that food now, even though I've probably at that point in the day, eaten 3000 fucking calories, you know, (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) you can't have another 800. It's like, actually like there's problems there. And I mean, obviously this goes on all scales because there's, you know, and and reiterate this as well is there are people out there that are severely underweight, that have been told they're overweight. And that's a problem as well. Like, we're saying this from people who like doctors were telling us we were you know we we had problems with our health because we were overweight like that 's the legitimacy of it um and I think a lot of people now will be very very small but but and there's you know they'll be like okay I, but I'm too big and there's a lot of issues and by the way, if anyone that needs it like below there 's going to be a link to my resources anyway, and on there there are. There is a section that talks about eating disorders and there are general websites. So if you need to reach out to someone, please do. The resources are there. Doesn't matter, like if you're you know, big, um, small, worried, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. You know, we're not experts. We're talking purely from experience of our own specific experience and how our minds were going on, what our issues were, that are the resources below to be able to talk to someone for you for you. Okay, I've said this to people before, I am not the best person on talking about. Um, with with food and relationship with food because I had and probably still do to a point I have a shit relationship with food. So it you know the resources are there for very good reason. Please do use them. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 kind of bred into us to to reward ourselves because of what comes before us. And uh, you know that's that's the thing. Did you find uh, you certainly do it for your for your wife? And I think actually. Part of that's an American thing, but not entirely. Like, Sunday, like I say, Sunday roast. My mother-in-law, still, now, if I go around for a Sunday roast, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want dessert. she like, come on, have dessert. I'm like, it's cool. But she still does it. Like, even now. <laughs> even now, I'll have my mother-in-law try trying, trying to do it. Um, but it's, it is, it is definitely a, a thing to do it. But I know I've heard from Americans before they'll come to England um, and they'll have a meal at a restaurant or something, and it's so weird to them. Especially if they're from certain like if they're from like Texas or like um Alabama or something, the the, the places where the food is like just bigger. They just you just have bigger portions. Just it's just like right. um and you know, the size of the portions, they'll be like, This is a fucking kid's meal, what are you know about? And then like and then they'll eat it and realize they're full and be like, Oh, shit, what the fuck? Like right. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? And I think it's probably because we, we have a lot, of, you know, we put a lot of cream and stuff into stuff. So you, you feel fuller, but It's it's weird to a lot of people. So I don't think you're you're alone in the, you know, piling food up. It's certainly something we do on Christmas because your 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 Thanksgiving meal is like our Christmas meal.
1: Um, Well, I know that, uh, you know, and there's been some years that we've done it, but. A lot of people will cook like very similar or even the same food on Christmas that they do on Thanksgiving. You know, the turkey, the ham, mashed potatoes, the yams or sweet potatoes. uh, What else do they make? Green beans, Brussels sprouts, whatever, dessert, cakes, pies, all that stuff. You know, for us, for my family personally, um, we did it when I was young. But then we started going to this uh like nicer like restaurant. It's like a famous hotel here in California called the Claremont Hotel. It's like really really old. Mm-hmm. Um and they put on a Christmas brunch dinner thing where it's like it's like 200 bucks a person and we, we went, we went for years and it was like all you can eat and they have like the carvery stations and all the, all the really good food. And we have our own, my grandparents have been booking it for years. So we have our own private room when we go for Christmas dinner. <laughs> I like uh, so, but we have had years where, uh, we have cooked at home and did the whole turkey and ham thing and all of the Thanksgiving fixing. So, I mean, I think it just depends on the, on the people. I know that like uh, a lot of our you know cuz my grandfather's jewish a lot of our jewish friends it's like a joke that they go get like chinese food on fucking christmas you know cuz they're jewish and that's you the only place that's open
0: one, the weirdest one because of a campaign by KFC in Japan yeah. um KFC bucket of chicken is a traditional christmas meal really yeah because of a ca- cool. it was a massive campaign by um by KFC like years ago um, to make to make it more popular in Japan because it wasn't a popular like a restaurant uh, out there and they pushed right. it big for like Christmas like basically big bucket of um, chicken and uh, and gravy and now it is a very traditional like it's now a traditional thing in Japan to go and have that at Christmas. Which That's is, awesome! It's crazy. That's but, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's a, I know because I I remember having um, having discussions with some some friends about meals at Christmas and like the. The description of um because they all get really confused. I remember I was watching Vet and Link on Good Mythical Morning, and they they were trying to pick where the food was from and all this kind of stuff. And they got like um, it was it was a fast food like sandwich, but it had like cranberry sauce and all the kind of normal stuff. That in their head they automatically went to, oh, who tries to emulate um like Thanksgiving? But of course it wasn't. It was a British sandwich, right? Because of Christmas, <laughs> right? Like, for some reason. It's exactly the same. I don't know why. Apart from yams, that's like the only thing different. Everything else, basically the same. Exact and, and we'd have more probably roast potatoes, but we'd have mash as well. But roast potatoes is a big thing for us. Well,
1: you know, it's funny. Even here in America, Thanksgiving and Christmas food is different, even amongst like African Americans and white Americans. It's like, like when me and my wife got together, uh, who's African American, by the way, for those of you who don't know me, um, her, you know, it's very traditional for them to have like collard greens or macaroni and cheese with their Thanksgiving meal or, you know, uh, Christmas dinner or whatever. And in a white family, it's, it's not like, we don't normally do, we don't do collard greens. We do like green bean casserole, which my wife has made jokes and said, <laughs> like my, my wife had never had green bean casserole until she saw it in a commercial one year in like the nineties or something and said, mom, can you make that? and like because they had never fucking had green bean casserole that's a white thing i
0: i guess this is this is the weirdest thing for me because i've noticed this a lot when i've seen comedians talking about like um white people and it's always white americans because guess what in england we're more likely to have the colored greens really yeah green bean casserole is fucking weird
1: that doesn't surprise (laughs) me bro like honestly bro like green bean casserole reminds me of some weird food they made up in the 50s Like, like (laughs) like
0: like magazines they used to get yeah (laughs) yeah yeah,
1: and like like everything in the 50s was put into gelatin right like you remember that like fucking everything seafood and gelatin and all this weird shit they did in the 50s and shit like no no thanks uh
0: (laughs) we had had our weird food stage in the in the 70s like we came up with prawn cocktail which is just fucking prawns off of a glass with like some with
1: with with cocktail sauce
0: yeah that's ours which is
1: Oh dude, I love prawn cocktails. That's still super popular it's such here.
0: That's a retro thing over here though. Like that's a proper like that's your grandparents doing that meal over here.
1: Oh dude, I love it, man. Because cocktail sauce is really it's just ketchup and horseradish. I mean, it's that's really what it kinda is. But
0: it is it is really funny that the, the different foods um and stuff though. But I think definitely a thing for, for, for a lot of us that I think probably grew up in the eighties, nineties, you're you're, you know, maybe a decade chunk of me. Oh
2: fuck. Yeah. Hell
0: um <laughs> so <laughs> those of us that can just about remember the 80s which I can because it was when I started training in martial arts but um like i think that's when we still had those foods so those like yeah. really like stodgy foods in the 50s and the 70s those like these are the things that are here to clog your fucking heart like they were still there in the 80s and 90s so i feel like we are the last kind of generation to have it just inset in our heads to to go for that food. Now, that's not to say yeah. that there's not bigger people or people that are suffering since. It's just that with that specific type of food, I feel like comfort food, for, like comfort food for me because my dad is very kind of stodgy, um, like hearty meals like a, yeah it's the kind of thing i can imagine if i was in kentucky walking into a fucking like a, a like a we'd call it a greasy spoon it'd be like a dive bar for you guys but yeah like a greasy, we call it a greasy spoon but like, we do too
1: we like, have those too. Oh, okay
0: so i walk into one of them and just being like i'll have that it's what i can imagine if i was in the, in, in like kentucky or something having that's yeah. the kind of food that is like, that's nice to me. That's what I can think of. Like you're saying, like, um, macaroni and cheese. And, like, we used to have cauliflower cheese when I was growing up. Yeah. So same thing with just cauliflowers. But, like, that kind of comfort food, something that made you feel full. For some reason, being full was comfort. And, like, that's the yes. thing that got put into our heads, like, as kids. as like, you're f- And, again, I think it's because of our parents. When they grew up, they they weren't necessarily full. So in their mind, it's like, but when we can afford to feed them, that's a good thing. Therefore, you must feel comfort from being full. And it just got, you got in that mindset of like, I'm full tonight. I can't possibly eat anything else. That must be no comforting. I mean, how many of us at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or whatever have eaten to the point where we have to sleep until the next oh, fucking yeah. meal? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not even sleep. It's sleeping until we can eat again. Like, what the fuck yeah. are we doing to ourselves? Oh, every dude. Time, every fucking. And it's not. Like, I know that people blame the trip to pan, but I'm fucking vegetarian. I don't eat turkey. It's just because of how much you're eating. <laughs>
1: like, you know what? And nothing was better, dude, than the next day when you'd get up and you'd make a turkey sandwich, bro, <laughs> yeah. with, with, with cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes, just everything on the fucking sandwich. We had bubble
0: and squeak. So that's what we – like, bubble and squeak from the Yeah, yeah. The, everything, throw it in a pan, throw in an egg, mix it up, make it into a patty. That's your breakfast.
1: <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> I uh. I love leftovers the day after a holiday, because there's always leftovers, like, there's always, like, your mom made way too much fucking food, like, you have a whole-ass turkey still in the fridge, like, fucking tearing that shit up over the next week, like, I love that, but, you know, fuck, for me, for at least a while, those days are gone. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, they are for me as well, because it's that thing of, like, as I say, otherwise I'll step on the scales on the next day and be like, fuck, I'm to eat more now, because I'm, you know um yeah. i do occasionally i have to say i did because I, I you did that very similar to me and i don't know if people were thinking the same of you is that you were eating shitty food yes um before just before you went in for surgery and i remember when i lost the weight i was eating shitty food up to the day before i went on my diet to the point where people were, like i was eating fucking five helpings at christmas because i'm like i'm not gonna to eat like this for a while again like I yeah. i'm getting out of my system. Um, how did that feel? Because I know, like, for me, it was it was like a it wasn't it mm. wasn't really mental thing of like I'm I need to endure my... as if and that's the battle as well is it's like that's an enjoyable part of your life whether it's a big part yeah. of your life or not but it's like it's it's like saying to yourself I'm cutting out a part of my life now so I'm yes. gonna do as much as I can to enjoy this because I remember I was on your fucking um, stream I was I was in your your Twitch stream. Like, the, a week out from the fucking surgery or something.
1: Yeah, the the two-year anniversary yeah, that yeah, I did. And
0: you were like, and, you know, you were getting fucking KFC, and yes, it is bad for you. Um, <laughs> so oh, like, dude,
1: I, I was eating Taco Bell, I was, I was smoking cigarettes. Bell,
0: is, I mean, Taco Bell, which has been thrown out of Mexico how many times? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was,
1: dude, I here's, this is the best way I can describe it. Um, When I knew the surgery was coming up, like, days before the surgery, and I knew I was going to have to give it all up. And I felt like, like, an inmate on death row requesting his last meal. Like, like, like that's what it felt like, dude, because I was like, I was smoking like a fucking chimney, which was bad, because you are supposed to quit smoking well before surgery. Like, not days before, like, we're talking months before I should have stopped. And that could have complicated things. I got, as far as I know, I got fucking lucky. Um, But, yeah, dude, like, The weekend, because I I had the the two-year anniversary on that Saturday. It was like July 2nd. My surgery was like that Thursday on the 7th or something. And uh, that anniversary, I was drinking alcohol you're not supposed to do i was smoking cigarettes i was eating fast food i was drinking soda i was doing everything to try to really get this shit out of my system so it wouldn't be as bad and i'm going to be 100 percent honest with you it did not make a difference because i still crave cigarettes i still crave food i just know that i can't have either one so it didn't really do it didn't really do shit honestly
0: how does that feel though because i mean again to, to to go to make sure we're you know going on to mental health side. How does it? How does that feel? Kind of being like I kind of have that shit. Maybe maybe ever again. Like I know we're talking about like after a year, but it might be that you come to a year and go. You know what? I'm scared to have that food again because I don't want to end up. You know. So how like because it, like we were saying, it's food becomes such a big part of your life, but. Yeah it's it can be difficult so how does it how does it feel or how did it feel at the last time of going like this could be the last like fucking taco bell i had this could be the last kfc i have this could be the last whatever it's the a, fuck it is
1: you know it's actually funny that you brought that up because uh one of the requirements from my hospital during the bariatric program was that i had to join at least one bariatric support group whether it was on facebook or whatever and i, had jo- I had joined three Okay. Uh, on Facebook. And I don't really, I never really posted in there, but I would re- scroll through Facebook on these groups and I would read their stories, look at their pictures, see their experiences. And one very, very, very common thing with people that have the surgery is instant regret. Instant. It's a very common thing. And I had it the first week struggled every day was like, I can't eat anything. I'm in pain. I'm fucking miserable. I can never have this again. Uh, And I should have just not got the surgery. I just should have stayed fat and happy. And when I fucking died, I just died because this is fucking miserable. Mm. And now I'm out of that phase two months later. But, yeah, no, I felt awful. I was sad. I would see people eating around me. And this is the the thing. Nobody was being insensitive. Like my wife and my family and stuff, they would try to tiptoe around me. Like my wife would go hide in the kitchen and eat because she didn't want to eat in front of me. And I told my wife and my family, I said, don't do that shit. Don't treat me any different because of my poor decisions. Don't tiptoe. Eat that fucking food right next to me because it's only going to make me stronger. It's going to break me of these shitty habits. I can't have my family and the people I care about going through with me the rest of my life, tiptoeing and walking on eggshells because of the surgery I had. That was my decision, and I have to learn to deal with the repercussions and what I fucking did to my own body. So, no, eat that macaroni and cheese in front of me. It's okay, because I'm doing this to get better. It will be fine, but it's fucking hard, dude. Anybody who has this surgery, it's fucking hard, mentally above everything else. It sucks physically, but mentally, you are going to – you might have regret right after, but it – For me personally and others that I've talked to that I know personally, it has gotten better for them, but it's not easy. It's still not fucking easy, dude. You know how bad I want to go to my favorite foods in the world are Asian food. I, I can eat Korean and Japanese every day. Korean is my favorite fucking food, and I actually ate it Korean two nights ago for the first time since surgery, but you know, Korean everything is fucking kimchi and gochujang and everything is spicy and it's delicious and I love it. I can't have spicy. So everything I got was like I got their tofu soup with no spice in it. It was plain ass beef broth with tofu. Yeah. And I ate some pickled vegetables. I had some bean sprouts or I had and then I had some uh some pickled daikon radish that was shaved up, you know, like the little banchan like sides they bring with you for your Korean food. I ate a little bit of that. And you know, I was super happy, like, just to get that, I was like, dude, this is way better than yogurt and protein shakes. <laughs>
0: it, is, <laughs> it is such a weird thing, because I think your relationship and it can get to you more and more. I mean, like, like I say about regret, I mean, I, like I say, I had those times where I just went, fuck it, and ate, like, fucking 10,000 calories, and, you know, yeah. because I could, it wasn't gonna have a physical effect on me, although it had a, it definitely had a mental one, but yeah, I mean, my, my favorite foods in the world are Hungarian and Italian, which Hungarian, yeah. because it reminds me of a very kind of, it, it's, it's that kind of comfort food. It's a very, you know, Hungarian guys are big guys that do a lot, you do, do heavy work. I mean, that's, that's it's stereotyping, but like that's that's the kind of, that's the background of their food. And so it's made for that kind of, you know, person. And so it's fucking, you know, it's it's all that kind of, it's all that, the carbs and fats and everything's going to be on top of you. It's fucking delicious, but that's yeah. what's there. And then Italian food, because I worked at Italian restaurants, Italian food is fucking pasta. And was, it's was like... Can't you
1: know, have any of everything. that.
0: There's creams and gelato and just everything that... like, the... Oh, my God, I've eaten this, and now I, I don't know whether I can fucking eat. Like, oh. I went... My, my honeymoon was, was in Rome, which was the, both the best and worst Italian meals I've ever had, because um, one of them was a tourist place, and the other one was a local place. Touristy place. Do not go to... Oh, Canada, don't right? do it. I'm going to tell you,
1: bro. I went... I, I, for my honeymoon, I went to Mexico. Uh, and when I went there, uh, we took a cruise to Mexico and we got off the ship in Mexico, and I told the tour guide, because she was gonna drop us off at this really fucking touristy area, and then the bus was gonna come pick us all up. I told the 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 tourist guide, the tour guide, I said, Hey, I want real Mexican food, like as authentic as you can get. Drop these tourists off here. That's fine, but take us to a good spot, and she did, bro. She They dro- dropped everybody off. They drove us over to uh, a couple miles away. The lady actually had to come into the restaurant with us and speak to the owner or the manager to let us, because they spoke no English there at all, and they said, uh, you know, hey, when they're done, give me a call. We'll come back and pick them up, and bro, it was no bullshit. We had a uh, I'll never forget it because it was such a great meal and it was so fucking cheap. I couldn't fucking believe it. Uh, it was literally me and my wife both had uh, Mexican shrimp cocktails are very different than your what we were talking about earlier with the glass hanging over the glass with the cocktail sauce. No, a Mexican shrimp cocktail is basically cucumbers, avocado, lime juice, and a tomato, like a Clamato kind of cold soup filled with giant prawns and it's like almost it's almost kind of like a bloody mary filled with shrimp
0: a bit like a gaspaccio,
1: yeah 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 and it's so fucking good we got two of those monster glasses dude giant like fucking glasses then we got a plate of carne asada which is steak then we had a giant plate about this big no bullshit of ceviche fish ceviche with wine and sodas and everything and the bill came and it was 32 fucking dollars american i was blown away i was like Bro, in America, one shrimp cocktail that fucking size is at least twenty twenty five dollars
0: yeah. for one. Pretty about the same here? I mean, it's, I had the same thing in Hungary. Hungary is just fucking fucking ridiculous like that. Like I, I think I went, we went, and um, me and me and three uh, no, me and two other guys. There's three of us, and one of the guys that was with us is like the size that I used to be, and right. we had food that was so big, all of us together. Was less than thirty pounds, so forty dollars. Right. Um, for the three of us, big meal. The meals were so big the big guy could not finish it. Oh shit! And it was just like, what the fuck? Like because it was that kind of food. But yeah, an Italian food is great, and that that's the thing. I think that that's and there's probably people watching going, why, why the fuck are you guys like talking about food like this? You may have both be losing, you know, lost weight or. But that's the fucking thing is because. We don't have a good relationship with food, <laughs> like, yeah exactly like that, that's in our minds. we can think of amazing foods like I have a fucking cookbook coming out like i food, our relationship with food isn't the same as everyone else's, but that's the, that's the problem is if we had what you'd call a healthy relationship with food, we may not have been in the situation or be in the situation that we're in because it wouldn't have been the same thing. We'd have just been like, okay, okay okay I can finish I've had part of this meal." I won't finish it now, but that's yes. not what happens. Like, I've got food; I've got to finish it. Like when I got with my my late wife, and it was just a weird, the weird thing of like I'd, I'd lost a lot of weight by then. I like I'd lost weight before I met her, but it was still like between me and her because she was very slim, and um, the the difference of like how much we'd eat and you know leaving food, and she'd be like, "You can just leave it and put it in the fridge." I'm like, "What the fuck are you What are you on about? Leave the food." What's, no, I've got to eat it. Like, it's on the planet, i the food. Like, I mean, I literally, my, my motto on my chest, is not because of food, but it also goes with it, is, which is no retreat, no surrender. Like, that's how yeah. I, that's the relationship I have with food, is I have put it there, I'm fucking eating it. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, if you order a, like, in my mind, if I order a pizza, I'm eating the goddamn pizza.
2: Like, yeah.
0: why wouldn't I? Why, that's, that's, that's an insult. That's an insult to me. It's a very British thing as well, because I know in, in, I think it's China or Japan, if you finish your plate, it's an insult. Whereas in England, obviously, it's a it's, uh, compliment.
2: Is it,
1: is it really an insult?
0: Yeah. So I, th- I can't remember if it's Japan or, or China. But in, uh, in one of them, I really wish I could remember. I think it's Japan. I think. But it basically, it's, it's suggesting that they've not made you enough food. So it's polite to leave a little bit of food to say, oh, you've made so much I couldn't possibly have any more. But if you finish your plate, it's, it's effectively going, oh, I'm still hungry.
1: Well, it was yeah. almost like that that conversation. I think you were there. We had where we talked about how, like in Japan, it's rude. It's considered rude when you tip your server at a restaurant.
0: Yeah, because it seems charity.
1: Yeah, and, and like my my friend was telling me that there are act like they'll actually chase you down to give you your money back because yeah. it's like it's rude. Yeah. yeah, it's very culturally different. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just different the way you know we do so things. Like it. Like, it was
0: the like, same in in uh, the U S. into the 50s. Really if you go actually go back into the history of it, I can't remember what it was that changes. Now there's one thing that happened. I think there was a, there was a law change or something in the fifties, but until the fifties, it was the same thing. And for the same reason.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's crazy that here in the States, it's like they'll dock and lower servers pays because they're making tips. It's like, why don't you just fucking pay them good, decent wages? And then like,
0: yeah, that'd be illegal here. You can't, you couldn't do that. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I was brought up in martial arts, so a Japanese kind of cultural side there, but also British, which we don't really tip. And um, so I don't tip unless they've done something outside of what their job is. That's, the, that's what I look at is if you've done something you're not being paid for. But of course, the relationship here is very different. Because when Americans hear that like, oh my God, that's horrible. But what you've got to remember is they cannot legally make up people's pay with tips in England. You have yeah. your pay. That's a baseline pay. They cannot lower it. Assuming you're going to get tips, it, that that would be completely illegal. Like which is absolutely. it should
1: be that way. it should be that way here.
0: Absolutely, but that so, so it's a different relationship. But yeah, there's a lot of things like that. But yeah, I, I know in Japan, if you if you if you if you finish your it's Japan or China, I'm not which. But yeah, if you finish your if you finish your plate, that's an insult. They just keep giving you food. So yeah. um, where, when you're out there, just make sure. Like I'm leaving a bit. I'm fucking some, yeah, there's some stuff on the plate on the side there. I'm leaving. But yeah, it's 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 a weird thing, and we do have. And that's the thing, we, when people lose weight from being really big, and if they've done it as uh, as a mental health thing, and it's been part of it, because it's almost definitely a mental health thing for them, it's, I think it's impossible to say you have a good relationship with food, you just don't, you, you just don't, like, you will, like, two fat guys, basically, whether, whether cur- currently not, or whatever, like, in our heads, at least, two fat guys having a chat about food, will get on to, oh, yeah, this is the, co-, like, we just did, because, you do, because that's where your mind's going. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm yeah. hungry now. You know? that's, that's what it does. I think yeah. that's, that's something that's important. I mean, we're just kind of coming to, the, coming to the end of it now, but I think it's important for people to know that is, even for people that, you know, arguably one of us or both of us may have suffered from a, an eating disorder at some point, I have no idea. I'm not a diagnostician for that. It's possible. But even if neither of us did, that uh, doesn't mean that either of us have ever had a good relationship with food. Our relationship with food has always been fucked. So I think people need to realize that even if you don't suffer from eating disorder, even if you don't suffer from something specific, doesn't mean your relationship to food is good. And if if that's going to be an issue, that's also part of your mental health. You need to realize that that's part of your mental health. That's part of like everything. Everything that you do is mental health, and that's going to feed into you in the, in the in the long run. You've got to realize that. Um, Was there anything that you were to say that I've cut you off from or anything that you don't think? No, no,
1: no, I just I just want to be like, I don't know. I, I just want people to understand that they're, in my opinion, depending on what your situation is, there's not really a right or wrong way to do it to get to get, you know, healthy, Uh, whether you choose to do it the way Adam did it. And naturally by dieting and walking and things like that, or if you choose to have a surgery, a bariatric surgery, whether it's the gastric bypass, the gastric sleeve, or even a lap band. Um, You know, we both have, we both are doing it or have done it, but just in different ways. Um, You have to do whatever you and your doctor think is best for you. Um, uh, And again, just 100% transparent, uh, these surgeries, uh, there are goods and bads from them. And it's not a magical thing that fixes everything like a magic pill that just makes you skinny. It's a tool to help you because if you don't put in the work yourself, uh, you'll gain it back or it just won't work at all. And it's a waste. And even if you have the surgery and uh, you decide, fuck it, and you get fat again, you still have to take the supplements for the rest of your life. So not only do you still have to take all the medications and all of the bullshit, but you're fat again. So now you're just worse off than you were before. So really think about it, uh, you know, before you make a life changing drastic decision, because it is a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not paleo. It's not keto. It's not Atkins. It's, it's literally, you have to change your mindset with food and, figure out the root of your issues. And it's a mental game. It's a physical game. It's a roller coaster, like a motherfucker. But if you value being healthy and being around longer, and it's something to look into and maybe talk to your doctor about, but, um, so far it's doing well for me. And, you know, I'll keep obviously me and Adam are friends. I adore Adam. He, I love being on his shows. Um, and, uh, you know, I will keep him updated, which he can keep you guys updated on my journey to see if I made the right decision or if I didn't. But uh, I'll be the guinea pig, guys. Don't worry. I'll be the test subject and I can let you know, like, hey, this is what I experienced this year. This was the good. This was the bad. This is where I was. This is where I'm at. And then maybe that will help you guys because, you know, I was scared. But when I spoke to somebody, one of my friends I met made on Twitch, I, I feel like right now I made the right decision. But, um, thank you guys for listening. And, you know, I am, you know, again, friends with Adam and we run in the same circles on YouTube and Twitch and discord. If you have any questions about what I've experienced so far, you can reach out to Adam to reach out to me or Adam can pass along my discord or, or Twitch. You can DM me in private and I could tell you what's going on. Cause I know um, it's hard being big and uh, but you're not alone and you can make a difference and fix it if that's really what you want to do. So that's all I kind of wanted to say.
0: Watch this be one of my biggest videos now and there'll be like 6,000 <laughs> people fucking DM Um <laughs> <I know. laughs> But yeah it's you know like you said it's it is it, it's a it's a journey for for each of us and it's 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 got to be a conversation that you have with your, with yourself. With your doctor, with your partner, with 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 everything, it's it's not as straightforward. And you know, as we said earlier on, these these guys, um, these women, whoever on like social media, media you see, just remember that one lighting is great. Tensing is a motherfucker when you want to do it. Like, there's a lot of reasons that these these people look the certain way they do. There's a you've got people like um, BDC Carpenter on uh, TikTok who is fantastic at this. He actually talks about the mental health side as well a little bit. Um, and he was a fitness model. He was a fitness model, and he talks about all the bullshit. And he and he's literally done it on camera. When because you still get people, because you still get that toxicity of yeah, but you're you're not even cut, man, and all this kind of bullshit. And he's done it on his TikToks. He's literally shown it. There's my light there. Okay, I'm looking okay. And then move my camp, move my light, change the lighting, change the camera. Tense water. Now suddenly I'm I'm amazing again. It's like it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. So don't get don't get lured into thinking that. Like if you are like a, a completely healthy, everything's fine. And all that, don't go looking for that body. If like unless you're planning on being some kind of athlete, there's no reason for you to necessarily have that body. And I think a lot of the the shit that goes on online um, and in magazines a lot is is damaging and can be damaging um, to us. And a lot of us will then beat ourselves up and and you know maybe eat too much because or not eat enough. You know, there's there's two sides to this. We are only coming from one side of this. There's the other side as well, where you don't eat enough, and that's really damaging as well. So always try and be, um, you know, careful with that. And like I say, the resources are below. Please do go and check them out if you need to. It may just be a chat. There's no one's going to, you know, you, you know, no one's going to judge you on those uh, lines. Just ring up, have a chat, have a chat, because a lot of these people may have suffered from similar things themselves, and you'd just be having a chat and going. Oh, fuck. Maybe there is a problem. And it's just identifying that. Um, but thank you so much for for coming on, uh, Mike. And anyone that's watching, if you manage to get, get all the way to the end, go and get a cup of tea because you need a reward for um, managing to stay the whole fucking thing. So um, <laughs> go and reward yourself. Um, next week, I believe we are on with Anna Real. Um, we'll be talking about um, mental health creation and um, her journey as well in mental health. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you again next time. Thanks everyone.